Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. I'm going to just jump right into uh, today, and I want to really thank you guys for being a part, um, for being a part of the Grape Top family. And, you know, with today, uh, we're talking about culture shock, and we're really going to just talk about the elephant in the room, and that's with the whole, um, our whole country going into riots right now. Um, even right now, uh, San Antonio has, uh, has protests in downtown, hundreds of people gathering together. Um, I just got uh, a text from my, a good friend of mine in Madison, Wisconsin, that um, said that people there are uh, protesting turns in, turned into a riot and people are, he said that people are trying to burn down the Capitol. I mean, things are really getting intense all over the U.S. And I find, I would find it very dysfunctional to not talk about this issue, what, what is going on right now. Uh, I don't feel like we can just uh, have, uh, <laughs> have a, you know, quote-unquote normal message and try to act like none of this is happening. This is this is really serious, and I know that there's so many different opinions on this issue, uh, on these multiple issues. And my heart, as your pastor, as pastor of Grave Top, is to really give perspective for the pursuit of unity. Um, I really hope that as you hear what I have to say, that you don't feel like it's one-sided or biased or anything like that, that you really just hear a heart of unity and, and love and, and um, really morality in, as in God's Word. I wanted to start by sharing this verse in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. It says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly heavenly places. I feel like this verse really encompasses um, my heart in the direction of this talk. And I want to just jump right into this idea of culture shock. I really believe that this is probably the most divided I've, I've ever seen our country. Maybe people who are older than me can say that it's been more divided before, but when I look at history and where I see where we're at today, it seems like we've been just being pushed to a tipping point of division within our country. And I want us to talk about truth for a second. We're going to talk about three things. The first is truth. We're going to talk about history. And then we're going to talk about trust. And when starting off with truth, I believe that finding truth has become unbelievably difficult in today's world. I can never imagine ever in my life a time where it would be so hard to find out whether something is simply true or not. I mean, can you guys please agree with me on this, that even as you're trying to look through the news to find out what is actually happening, uh, let's go to the coronavirus, for example. You can scroll after, uh, you can look through news articles and see one article that says that ever since the U.S. started opening up, coronaviruses have increased. 
scroll a little bit further and you see another article from another news organization that says, guess what? The coronaviruses have gone down. Everything's better. It's, it's like completely opposite of each other. How, how is that possible unless one is not as true as the other? And I think that's what's most dangerous right now is that there's so much mixed truth out there by whatever organization is pushing their own agenda. And it really gets me burnt up inside because I hate the fact of a lie is stealing the ability of truth, is stealing the knowledge of truth. It's, a, it's just wrong. And we have grown in a society to where truth is, is, no, longer, uh, is no longer just simple of whether it's accurate or not, it, it is all subjective to ever sharing it. And it should, it, truth should never be so hard to find. It, it really is clear as day. And to, to find, that, find out that so many news articles, researches, reports, whatever you want to look at, that they are manipulated by the people that fund them is a very disturbing time that we live in. And I believe that this kind of confusion is what drives and grows division in our country today, in our world. I want you to just, let, let's look at the Bible for a second. The Tower of Babel is a point where all of the people were united, working together. But once they, start, they spoke different languages, there was confusion among them. They all separated. They all left each other. What that is is a division. And what is happening right now is that there's so much confusion, so much mixture of truth and lie that no one can see anything on the same page because it's so incredibly confusing. Are we not all decent people? Are, most of us are decent, rational people, but we come to completely different uh, ideas and theologies and perspectives and ideologies, whatever, because we are listening to different truths and it's so hard to find out which one's right which one's wrong we've been led into this confusing cycle and this confusion is a tactic of so many organizations and agendas it's almost like the a push of own agenda to where to if maybe if we just throw in if we say this lie people will so if we just flood the internet with with all these other things, no one will be able to find out the truth. It's like trying to throw a fish in a pond and no, not wanting anyone to find that fish. So you just throw a whole bunch of other little fish in there. But if you throw a, a needle in a haystack, you don't want them to find the red needle. Throw dozens of different colors, hundreds of different colors of needles so that they don't find the red one. I mean, it's, it's so incredibly wild that these, these tactics have literally been dividing our country over the years. I can see, I can uh, go and find a video with all these riots starting, I can find a video and see white men breaking windows and starting, starting the one, uh, being the ones to break the windows and start the fires. And I can see another image of black men surrounding a white police officer to protect him. You know, what, what stories are really happening here? It, it's, so, it's so hard to find out what's actually real, what is actually happening that's right in front of us. And we're in an age where, where there's so much ability of footage and images, and yet we, we still 
have the spin on everything from someone's perspective. This idea that that truth is so hard to find is what is really causing so much division in our world, in our country. Guys, to, I mean, let's just look at the Floyd, uh, George Floyd. It is, it is so evident that, that this was wrong. I mean, most people can watch it like, well, that's messed up. That's wrong. And to where you can read a one news thing that says, uh, uh, now he now he died from pre-existing conditions, and guys, I'm I'm really not trying to to take you know be biased here, but I, it's very rare to see minutes of footage. We're we're usually in situations like this. There's been there's been plenty of situations like this, but we we get lucky if we just get a couple seconds of the footage. This is minutes almost 10 minutes of footage seeing what's going on, and it makes it very abundantly clear. You see a man alive die. You see it, him die on footage, and so abundantly clear. And, and now there's, a, and with everything going on, the, the idea that he had previous conditions, and that, that's what led to death. I mean, that's like saying a, a handicapped person being pushed down the stairs died from pre-existing conditions. It doesn't matter if there's pre-existing conditions before if there was abusive force. And guys, the the whole idea what I'm trying to get behind is that that we've been it's there's so many lies to look at, it's really hard to find truth. And going into to this specific case, I want us to just put aside everything for a moment. And I want us to just look at the case right here which is this is a this is a race issue, and I want us to just slow down for a minute, myself included, and I want us to slow down and look at what happened and what has happened multiple times. And for those who do not see this as who just see it as another person, what I'm really trying to get down to is the value of life. The value of life by the majority, is determined by innocence and level of threat. What that means is, I will value somebody's life more if I determine that they are purely innocent. And I will, I will even continue to value that life if they pose no threat to me. And the, the truth is, sadly, there is a, a large bias against black men in our culture. I've heard people, as we talked about culture shock in our church before, and I've made this an open conversation with people, I've heard people openly say that they feel intimidated by black people because they feel they seem just strong and confident, and it makes them feel intimidated. Well, be that as it may, that, that's, that intimidation of feeling whatever, it's derived from insecurity or history, what it is is that feeling intimidated just because someone's an ethnicity has turned into a threat level. Y'all get what I'm saying? And to look at a man and say, well, he probably wasn't innocent, so his value of life is no longer important to me. You know, the justice system works to where when we, when we commit crimes, 
we lose certain rights until proven and uh, until proven guilty. We, in that time of detaining, of arresting, we lose certain rights. Like we are detained, and we're at that moment we're not a a, a normal citizen, but we are still a U.S. citizen, and so we still have rights even though we are detained and arrested. And we are still, uh, whenever it goes to the due process, the Miranda rights, all that our country is established that we're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. Now, for this man, the people that have have been sharply against it, saying that they will, they trust the police force, they trust everything else, the fact that he was killed because of abusive power, just a rough handling, it, the fact that it is not concerning shows that there was a, a, a subconscious or passive thought of a lack of innocence. Y'all get what I'm saying? And because there's an, there's an assumption that he is uh, most likely not innocent, that is what is called a passive racism that is ingrained in people. And a lot of us do not assume, we don't think that we're racist because, well, I'm not, I'm not wearing KKK. I'm not like trying to pursue somebody because they're black. But if you have thoughts like that, that because someone's skin color, you group them into a level of, a lack of innocence, or you group them into a level of threat, then that is passive racism. And it's not okay. It's not right. And the, this instance is growing so much because of the length of the video being minutes compared to seconds. And it's so clear that it's wrong that even... Political figures that, that have been accused of being racist have, have put out publicly that they want to expedite the, the, the arrest of the police officer because of how clearly it's wrong. I mean, I, I saw a, a, a thing from Trump saying that he wants to expedite the arresting officer before he was arrested because it's so, the video just shows it so clearly being wrong. There's plenty of people that can see this after minutes of footage and say, well, that's, that's simply wrong. But it all goes back to the value of life. When we assume someone's not innocent because of who they are, what kind of person they are, what kind of uh, ethnicity, race, age. I mean, even to just say, well, he was a big black guy. He was intimidating. Whoa, that, that, that has nothing to do with it. A threat, so every bodybuilder is a threat that should be shot, that should be killed? No, of course not. But it's the idea that because he was black and a big black guy, he is now a threat to me because I feel intimidated, again, insecure. And now because I think he's a threat and because, uh, because of who, uh, his ethnicity, I'm also assuming that there's a lack of innocence. I mean, why else would I be called out to come get him? And so I'm going to treat him less valuable as a person because I don't think he's innocent and because I think he's a threat. This is wrong thinking, guys. And if we look at others like this, it makes us just as wrong. I hope that this is an idea of truth to us about the truth of value of life. If, if I said it in a post, if you haven't seen it, I hope that you read it with an open heart. But if I were to look at this this big black guy that is being uh, suffocated to death by a police officer, and if I were to replace it with my small little daughter, 
it, it, you could see that and see it being outrageous, a, a child being detained in that way. Why? Because a child is innocent and poses no threat. But it's because we do not see this person as a child. We don't see them as innocent. We don't see them as, uh, uh, as non-threatening because of our, our, our passive racism, guys. And I know that there's a lot that we can argue about it, but at the end of the day, guys, we're human beings and we need to be treated with humanity, with value. Every life is valuable. Value of life is the only is one thing that we, we really should agree on as being truth. And when it comes to all of the, the dividing confusion, we, we really are in a place where we can't believe everything we hear. I mean, we're told, don't believe everything you hear on the news, don't believe anything you read on the internet, and don't believe politicians. Well, what else is there to believe? There's not that much to guide us as a, as a society when we can't even trust the news, the internet, the, the politicians. What are we supposed to do? It leads to confusion, chaos, hysteria, riots, protests. That, that's what it leads to. Now, I want us to, to dial back down to history. History. And there are many people that do not understand the uproar that is happening in our country right now. I mean, all over the country, people are protesting or rioting. And there's a lot of us that... Right now, we're, it's a normal day for us. We're, we don't have a care in the world. We're just scrolling. We're, just, we're ready to watch our Netflix show. We're ready to just eat normal dinner. And yet outside, guys, it, it is, it's going crazy. I, I mean, it's, that's why, like I said at the beginning, it's crazy for me to think, well, let's just have a normal church and act like nothing's happening. I mean, that's disturbing. The, there's so, the reason that there's so much thought about not understanding, well, why are these people freaking out, is, I believe, widely due to our worldview and our perspective. Guys, I do not want any businesses to burn down. I don't want innocent people killed. I just saw a video in, what was it, San Diego, uh, where or San Jose, California, and just people driving are being stopped, and their windows bashed in, and they, they didn't do anything wrong. They're just being attacked and pulled out of their cars. That, that's... That's horrible. That's horrific. I can't even imagine going through a, a, a miniature war zone like that. I don't agree with that at all. Again, it goes back to the, the mass hysteria, and, and there's a lot of people jumping in on the action to push their own agenda. It, this is a, a time for uh, anarchists. So let's, let's finally get rid of Trump. And, and it's in an effort that has, uh, they're getting on the, 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 the backs of something that is so, that deserves protest, that deserves uh, justice, and they're adding on their, their agenda, and that's wrong. It, this is not, a, this should not be a conglomerate, like, all right, let's put all the other issues in, too. The, we, we are looking for justice for, for a, a human being, a, a whole community, the, and to add on anything else, I just feel like is wrong. And I need to slow down, but what I'm getting at that there there are protests, there are riots, and people are saying, well, why is this happening? Why, why would people react this way? And I said it in my post the other day, if someone did that to my daughter, I, guys, I'm, I'm a pastor, I'm a Christian, I'm a, I'm a human being that has morals, and I have strong integrity and morals, I would 
lose my freaking mind. I would want to burn down everything around me if someone did that to my daughter because I value her life. And now look at the perspective of history. And the, the truth is that, is that many of us have experienced forms of racism. I myself, there's been plenty of times where when I was younger, I'd just ride the Via bus and I almost got jumped because I was white. And when I would pick up kids in Baton Rouge, Louisiana to take them to church, there's several times where just in the neighborhood, I was told to get my car out of the neighborhood that I couldn't park on that street because I was white. I've been called cracker, honky, all those things. And there's a lot of us that have experienced forms of racism in that way. But few of us have experienced racism from authority figures. There's a big difference from experiencing racism in the world and experiencing racism from an authority figure, someone that you're supposed to trust, someone that's supposed to protect you and serve. It's a huge difference. And because a lot of us, we can't even fathom what it would be like to not trust the police. Why would I not trust the police? They, they protect me. Well, when there's been history of abuse, it changes your worldview and perspective. Even if it didn't happen to you, but it happened to your father or your mother or your grandfather, and they talk to you about it, it's going to completely change your worldview and give you an unction that you cannot trust authority and would do right. Now, I want to be clear that, that I'm, not, and I'm not against uh, police officers. I have a lot of friends that are police officers, good people. But just as it takes one pastor to ruin the name of God, to stain the name of God to others, just one pastor can ruin someone's entire view on God. So it is with one corrupt, abusive police officer can stain the shield for many. We have to understand that this is, a, this, is a, this is an area in our country that needs purification, that, that really needs uh, work done, because, like I said, that, guys, this is not the first time that a black man had excessive force used on him. And I, I, I told... Every case is different, guys. I, I believe that. There's been some cases I've come up and at first I was like, oh my gosh. And then seeing all the evidence and seeing the, you know, the different, uh, all, all, of the, all of the evidence coming forward, I could make a judgment and say, well, I could understand the reactionary time and all that. You know, I can be rational and understand both perspectives. But guys, at the, at the end of the day, this isn't just one, two cases. There, there are multiple cases that have marked history, all the way going back to Rodney King. And when you have multiple cases that are consistent with one another, I mean, any HR department would tell you that that would lead you to believe to, uh, to, make, uh, to make a decision, to make action, because it shows it to be most likely true. That was what was used against Bill Cosby. It wasn't just one case, two cases. It was dozens of cases, all similar to the others, that brought forth his conviction. And, you know, I mean, guys, it's just, 
if there's so there's so many cases, there's no at the end of the day you can't just write them all off. You have to start considering some of these, and going going back to this idea about, I think a lot of us are a lot of people are in a place where they're genuinely not racist and they can't imagine other people being that racist. I really think that that's a lot of people out there, is that they really can't imagine somebody being that racist. And so they lean more towards the idea of just trusting the authority figure because who would be that asinine to to be racist like that? And it reminds me of the Holocaust. It, It was so bizarre that it was unbelievable. Even today, there's people that don't believe in the Holocaust. I mean, it's there's so much evidence, there's so much documentation, and it's almost like this that you can bring all of the evidence to some sometimes, and it just seems so unbelievable that you don't want it to be true. And even with that, people today make fun of the Holocaust. And if there, I'm I'm gonna just be real with you. If you're a person that that thinks it's funny to make fun of the Holocaust, you are a very ignorant fool. That is not something, those millions of lives, and it just shows that you are very ignorant, and you have no, you have a very shallow concept of the value of life. And I want to stretch that further to where if we make fun of these cases, if we make fun of black people that have died, and and whatever the if we make fun of that, it shows a very, very shallow depth of value of life. In the same way, guys, I'm going to make a further stretch. When we don't value police officers that have no, it's that have not been proven guilty of anything, that have no, that have no previous crimes of of or complaints of being abusive, and we, and we don't value their life, it's just as wrong and shallow. You know. It's like I said, it, just one bad cop can stain all police officers, but we need, a, we need to resonate. This man had 18 complaints against him. And it, what it really boils down to is that the leadership in place was not operating the way it should. How many complaints does it take to take somebody off duty? I mean, that's ridiculous. It is, is inadequate leadership. And... I want us to, before we get into to trust, I want us to just, I need to slow down again. History is used as a tool for the future. And history shows solidity to things that we question today. And just like I said a minute ago, there's been consistency and abuse of power. There, there shows, it shows consistency of what works and what doesn't. And I, I really believe that our governmental system is one of the most successful governmental systems in the world. What I do believe is that we have not been good stewards of that system. And I really want to go into trust now. Trust, without trust, chaos spreads in families Without trust, chaos spreads in businesses. And without trust, countries will go into chaos. And it's w- all of this chaos happens when leadership 
loses credibility and trust. When, we, when our leaders no longer have credibility, when our leaders no longer have trust, let me make this clear that I'm not trying to make this political, but I am trying to urge us as U.S. citizens to take more ownership of the country that we live in. We are in a day, I don't know if this has ever happened before, but where both presidential nominees have sexual assault cases against them. No matter who you want to vote for, no matter who you prefer, at the end of the day, should that not be worrisome that the people leading our country, the people that are nominated to lead our country, have sexual assault uh, accusations against them? Multiple. That's disturbing to know that that's the best we got. And, I mean, should, should we make a rule that you can't have more than three? At least? I want to say that you can't have more than one, but I mean, the way that it's looking, that's slim pickings. We wouldn't have anybody up there. Guys, this is crazy. But it is a, is the la- this lack of trust and leadership that is fueling these riots. Some of these riots... Guys, I, I can't, there's so many riots, there's no way you can look into every single one and, and find out if they're guided or misguided or whatever it is. It goes back to that confusing truth. I saw a video today of this white guy all, all covered up, walking up to a, peop, a group of people protesting, and he just bashes out the windows with the hammer to the, the business nearby and then walks away. His whole mission was come to where people were protesting and knock out the windows and leave to, lead, to make it seem as though those people knocked out the windows. And when he was confronted by those people protesting, telling him to stop, he threatened them. I mean, does that not portray a very confusing image? It is really hard to find truth. But with everything being so confusing, the only way to fight chaos is with unity, clarity, and same directional goals. And right now, it doesn't feel like we, it feels like the direction of our country is is going so separate because we're following different possible truths, and it's very hard to convince anybody that they're believing a lie, isn't it? And if we really want to end, to to fight chaos, it's with unity, clarity, and some directional goals. And when I say clarity, I mean also transparency from our leadership. Things that, I mean, things that fueled these riots were the, the lack of transparency starting in Minneapolis. I mean, the only video that was released by any department was heavily redacted to where you can't see anything, you can't hear anything. It's almost like, why release the video? And it only compelled more chaos because of the lack of transparency. When it, when it comes to where we can't, where most people don't even trust the the health report, the the autopsy, the examiner, does that not show a complete lack of trust that we don't even trust you to say anything about more than about this this incident because we don't trust you. We don't trust anything you say. That's that's the chaos. It just leads to chaos. And the thing is, we have come to a place. Where when good people don't rise up to leadership, wicked people will. <laughs> if, if we 
if good people don't rise up to leadership, wicked people will. There's two kinds of leaders. There's one that is motivated by selfish gain. It's, it's, a, it's the one that's com- narcissistic and wants to be the head of everything. And then there's a leader that truly wants to make a difference and serve people. It's obvious which one is the true leader. But so many wicked people have entered into these leadership roles because good people wouldn't. Think about that for a moment. And I want to, I've been hearing this idea that, well, who in the world is going to want to be a police officer now? That's asinine. Let me just say that. There's, there are young black people that are now motivated to become police officers to make a difference within the system. That, think about that for a moment. And there, there is so much, there are so many good people that want to step into the places that are wicked to make them righteous. And in our country, I'm really going to, I'm going to try to close with this, guys. And I, I really hope that I, I didn't, I didn't offend you in what was talked about tonight. I really hope that this has given perspective and thought to some of the things going on. And in our country, I'm, I'm going to be very just blunt for the next couple minutes. In our country, most U.S. citizens only vote for the presidential race, which is an important one. And even with that, a lot of people don't show up. But very few vote on the local level. That is where we see real change in our communities. I, I'll be the first one to admit that I've skipped voting at the local level because of my, my lack of importance on seeing how, uh, of value of how important it is as a citizen. I've done it too. But guys, if we really want to see change, that's where we have to start, is at the local level. Because it's not just one man, that it's not just the president, it's not just one man. We don't live in a monarchy that is reigning over all of the states, all of the cities, all of the towns. No, our government is made up of hundreds and thousands of mayors, of congressmen, of councilmen, of governors, of senators, of representatives that make up the decisions for our country. This, this incident in Minneapolis, I'm going to go on a stretch and say that that, is, that was out of weak leadership that an officer with that many complaints stayed, that the system was set up to where it took, I mean, there was an interview of the, the mayor saying, why isn't this officer arrested? That's the mayor saying, as if he has no pool in the city. No wonder people started rioting. The mayor said, why isn't he arrested yet? Of course people are going to freak out. Guys, we need, we need to to really go and show our vote in the polls. Guys, in a town that I used to live in, town of almost 60,000 plus, people are now complaining heavily of a mayor that, that was elected. Uh, again, over 60,000 plus people. Not a big town, but substantial. And they're complaining about a mayor that was elected when only 2,000 people showed up to the polls. That was that, less than 4%? 2,000 people out of 60,000 people showed up to the polls 
and that less than 4% determined the outcome for 60,000. And now we're, we're wondering, why, why do I hate my country so bad? Why do I hate my city so bad? Why do I hate politics so bad? Because we're not showing up to the polls like we should be. We are not really delegating good leaders. And because we're not delegating good leaders, we're not paying attention to who's actually coming into office. These, we, we've neglected this, this duty to simply vote for strong-charactered leaders and many self-seeking leaders have snuck in while we have passively looked the other way. These self-seeking leaders have walked in and while, we, while we just looked the other way. And we haven't taken good diligence for our duty as citizens. Can, I mean, let's be honest. Think about the, all the people that are even protesting and writing right now. All of you watching. How many of us voted for for our mayor this year, voted for sheriff, voted for the constable, voted for uh, this councilman. And those of us who did, did, did we actually know who we were voting for? Did we just click, uh, did we just try to find the, the party they represent and choose them? Did, did we really do due diligence as citizens to choose the people that lead us today? Do we even know their names? And now, it makes a lot more sense why we can't trust people that we don't even know, that we don't know anything about, we don't even know their names, and they're leading us. And it's almost like, where'd they come from? Well, while we were away, they all came in. I, I hope that I'm not overstepping, guys. And I want to be clear, because I know that we talked about a lot of things. I want to be clear that George Floyd's death was unnecessary and completely wrong. I'll share my opinion that I think that the autopsy report of him having pre-existing conditions and the possibility of having in, uh, being, uh, toxins in his body is, as a pastor, BS. It, that could be going having a drink the night before and saying that he had toxins in his body as if he was a drug addict. It, saying that he had heart, pre-existing heart conditions, it's like I said earlier, if I if I'm in a wheelchair and I'm pushed down the stairs, and and I die, you're not gonna you're not gonna blame the other guy for pushing me. You're gonna say, well, he was already in a wheelchair; it was his fault. It, it just doesn't make logic to me. That's my opinion. And and I also want to say that there are good police officers out there. There are good-hearted, loving, compassionate police officers. And I'll even share an experience when I was detained. I. I had one officer, the person that detained me, total jerk, belittled me, wanted me to feel less than and invaluable because I did something wrong. And I think about how much more that goes, that would have gone if I was black. It, it was just, that experience was just belittling, less than, I made, a, I made a bad decision, yeah, but it was completely horrible loser is what you are. That, and then I get into the cop car with two other officers and they, they literally had mercy on me. They dropped uh, two out of the three charges that were being put against me. And I, as a 16-year-old kid, they, they, I could just feel the compassion that they had for me as somebody that did something clearly wrong but wanted to believe something good in me. And I felt that it wasn't just because I was white. I really felt like it was part of their character. And I see that 
in other in communities. I see that with other stories of people I've talked to. But then you get those guys that, that want to belittle and devalue a person in, whatever, in the chance that they get to detain them. And it, it stains, it's like I said, it stains the shield for all, just like one bad pastor can stain the image of God for others. I really believe that the pursuit of truth needs to be done and that we do need to look at the things that unite us instead of mock the things that we don't understand, make fun of the things that we don't understand. And all this being said, I I really hope that this, I want to end on this, the verse that I shared at the beginning, and that is, Ephesians 6.12, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. I really hope that out of these ashes, I really believe that God can make something beautiful. And these are real, literal ashes all over our country buildings being burnt down. I believe that God can make beauty out of these ashes. But I would find it wrong to stand by and say nothing. I'd find it wrong to just discredit what's going on. I mean, to assume that these people are just crazy. I think that I would be almost egotistical to assume that every person there is just a lunatic. I think that there's a lot of raw emotion in our country because of, like what I said earlier, the lack of truth, the lack of transparency. And I really hope that we, as a church, as a body, can find the unity through this to pray for people. To, instead of posting memes about rioters, of praying for those rioters, praying for those businesses, praying for all these people, that there's this raw emotion, this raw thing, uh, this, and there, there is an injustice in, in a lot of different multiple facets. But with all that being said, I want to end with this, and that is God is a good God, and He created every person with value. Every human being has value. And with this, this talk, I, I really believe that, that God is able to bring our nation, to bring our people into a place of goodness, of unity. I, I really believe that He's calling a lot of us. And I feel like there's even somebody right now that feels injustice in their heart towards God. That there's like a riot going on inside of you between you and God. There's a fire burning in you, the anger and indignation because of the, the lack of trust that you have with God. And I really believe that God wants to, to reach out to you. I really believe that God wants to comfort you and give you peace. I believe He wants to give you closure. And if that's you, and you feel any inkling at all to reach back out to Him, at the possibility of this God being really loving and really good. It, it is seen in Jesus. 
all you have to do is start with prayer and just tell God that you believe who He says He is. That you're not going to believe because of your circumstances or your situations or what was done to you, but that you, you're ready to, to reconcile some things with Him, talk to Him about what happened, share your heart, your raw emotion with God. And I believe just as a father and a son reconcile, so it will be with you. And all you have to do is tell God that you believe who He said He is. Say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross, that you rose from the dead for my sins, that you are the Savior, that you are Lord. And start a conversation with Him. And the Bible says in Romans that when you start this prayer, that you, when you just make this prayer, that that's what starts this relationship with Him, an open conversation and if you need to walk that with somebody, this journey, this conversation, please message us, and we'd love to be a part of that with you. But you, you have the complete ability to talk to God right where you're at, with all your emotions, everything that you feel. And so I really encourage you to do that today. With all that being said, that, that closes out our message about culture shock. And... I have to be honest that this was an intimidating message to talk about because I didn't want to come across as political. I really wanted to talk about almost uh, perspective, just really perspective. And I really believe that there is so much unity to be had in this time. And as I said at the beginning, I feel like it would be, uh, it would just be, foolish for me to not talk about the elephant in the room. I mean, in our city, there's protests going on right now. Why would, I, why would we not talk about it? And so I, I, I urge you guys to make this an open conversation for us to communicate and be transparent with each other. I want to make it clear that I'm, I'm, I don't wish to argue with anyone. And If there's violent disagreements, I'm not going to respond to them. But if, you, if there's something that you want to talk about, then we can talk about it. Uh, all that being said, I love you guys so much. Um, and as we close, I want to let you know that uh, you can, uh, if you have it on your heart to give and be a part of our church through your giving, you're able to do that online by going to gravetop.com. It tells you all the different ways to give there. Uh, you're able to uh, just give online straight like that. You're able to give through third-party apps like Venmo, Cash App, um, you can even mail in your gift. But the idea of giving is, is from a joyful heart. And I want to let you know that when God puts it on my heart to do something like giving, I, I really believe that there's always a purpose behind it. And when I th when there's times where I think back to the moments that I gave to something, be, uh, uh, w whether it was just my being faithful in my tithe or a time where there's an offering or a time where it's just like out on the street or leaving a restaurant and God just putting on my heart to pay for a random couple's meal or a just a random group of people and just feeling like God told me to pay for that. You know, in those times, it wasn't always easy. But I think back on those times and I was thinking about it today and a time where I saw, uh, me and my wife saw a group of police officers at, at a um, at a gym's late at night when we were having a, a late date and got put on my heart to uh, to pay for all of their coffee or whatever they had and 
it was a moment that I haven't shared with anybody else because it was so special to me, but it, and it's not, you know, those special moments you don't always like to share with others, but it was so special. And the reason I'm sharing it now with you is because if you let those moments pass you by, you never get an opportunity for, for them to be special. They just become those moments where you felt something and nothing ever grew from it. And when you get those special moments, those special opportunities, I really want to urge you to take them because there's so much peace that comes from God when you're obedient to what He's calling you to do. And so often we ask God to use us, but we ignore Him in simple times like that. There is such a, such a great peace that comes from, from being obedient to those moments, and they truly are special. They're moments that you never forget. So with all that being said... Um, I love you guys. I hope that uh, I hope that we are closer together through all this. And I want to thank you guys for being a part of Grave Top Church. Have a great night. And uh, as a reminder, we have our home groups tomorrow evening at six o'clock. We had our first home group last week, and it was amazing. It was so much fun. Shout out to Sam who surprised everybody with pizza. That was the dopest thing ever. Um, and uh, so so excited to see you guys tomorrow too for anyone that wants to participate tonight this evening we're going to have online groups directly after this message and we're going uh, and just be a time where we can discuss this if you are interested in being a part of those online groups all you have to do is send us a message and we will send you the zoom link so that we can have the online small group that being said i love you guys uh have a great night I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.